and welcome to this week's episode of What's New with Nikki. Today, I am joined by a super awesome guest, Matthew Anderson, and he also has a podcast of his own, Fun Fact. And today, we're going to be talking about the United States Senate, one of the other bodies in the uh, Congress, and we're going to be talking about the intricacies of it, going to talk about the generalities of it, and some more specificities. So, Matthew, if you'd like to introduce yourself. Well, hello, everyone. My name is Matthew, and I am the host of the That's So Matthew podcast, where very contrary to this podcast, which is a very serious and educational podcast all about politics for teenagers, getting them involved. My podcast is about Disney Channel and the Disney Channel shows, movies, and it is honestly just a blast. Each week I have a new guest and we recap and relive each Disney Channel movie or show, one episode at a time. I love it. I have been podcasting for over two years now, and starting a podcast as a teen, like you, Nikki, has just been one of the most rewarding things, I think, that I've ever done. Oh, it 100% is. I love hearing everyone's responses to it and feedback and people saying that they like it, or some people um, giving me comments um, that are constructive criticisms that I can use to implement into my episodes. Um, I appreciate all feedback, and it is so, so special um, to have a podcast and be able to interact with people in this way. It has really gotten me into um, this kind of journalistic aspect, which I barely even knew existed before starting a podcast. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, same. I When I started, I didn't know much, but I whatever Matthew was thinking at not 12 a.m. <laughs> that one night about starting a podcast, I'm so just so grateful, and I've made so many connections, like, of podcast friends like you being here today and just appearing on other podcasts and my own podcasts is it's just so much fun and it's such a great hobby and passion project for anyone who's considering oh, 100 i fully recommend if you have any questions at all please feel free to ask me um i love hearing any questions or people wanting to start podcasts and their stories about why they want to start it so uh please feel free i know we went off on a little tangent there but start a podcast if you want <laughs> Yes. Um, so to begin, what is the Senate? Well, that is a great question. And the reason I picked this topic for our episode today is because I'm kind of like a political nerd. And it kind of all happened during quarantine. I feel like that's what kind of what happened for a lot of people. And the Senate to me is so interesting because it's a highly debated topic. I've seen TikToks, I've seen articles about how democratic is the Senate and all that. And we're just gonna talk about that today. So this, the United States Senate is the second chamber of the United States Congress, the upper chamber and the House of Representatives, which is also part of Congress. I feel like sometimes we just use the branch word Congress, which is totally mm -hmm. fine. It took me like a hot second to figure out that they were actually a different thing when oh, I was same. first getting into same. it. And like Congress, everyone always just calls the House of Representatives Congress, but technically the Senate and the House of Representatives are one to be Congress, the United States Congress, and they are the national legislature of the United States. And I think what's very interesting about the Senate compared to the House of Representatives is obviously the term lengths are three times as long. So you are electing one senator from each state um, every two to four years, and you have two total, which is very interesting and different because we have districts with the House of Representatives, like we have, I believe, here in Wisconsin, five districts, um, but you only get two people to represent your state, which is so interesting. And 
I feel like you just see it on the news and everywhere. Uh, is this democratic to only have two people representing each state compared to the House of Representatives? Yeah. So I always think it's and really that definitely interesting. is a really good question. I know that having the two uh, as uh, branches of Congress um, has to do more so with the Great Compromise, and it was the bigger states wanting more representation in the House of Representatives um, for their population density and things like that. And um, the smaller states wanted equal representation amongst um, all other states that they could have an equal voice in deciding voices. And um, the Great Compromise kind of led to the forming of both of these um, instead of just one um, compromise, obviously. So um, they had to uh, kind of include both um, in order for this compromise to be met. And a lot of people will say like, oh, so the smaller states really got their way since the Senate is the upper chamber. Which isn't necessarily true uh, because both um, the House of Representatives and Senate do have very differing um, jobs, um, though they both make national legislature. There are some major key differences with them, and we will get into some of those today as well. Um, so for some fast facts, um, the Senate was founded March 4th. Uh, 1789, and the headquarters is Washington, D.C. Uh, the next election, the midterm election for the 2022 year, uh, there are 34 seats up for grabs. Um, it is November 8th, 2022. Go out to vote. Um, the majority leader is uh, Democrat Chuck Schumer um, since January 20th, 2021. Um, the majority whip is Dick Durbin since also January 20th, 2021. And the House Minority, uh, sorry, Senate Minority Leader is Mitch McConnell. Uh, Senate Majority Leader, like I said previously, is Chuck Schumer. Um, it was previously Mitch McConnell uh, before Democrats uh, won the Senate um, in the 2020 election. Um, so, yeah. So, Matthew, what does the Senate really do? Well, they have lots of things to do because obviously they are part of our national legislature. They have many actions similar to the House of Representatives, but they vote on bills, resolutions, motions, amendments, um, the president's nominations to pretty much any of the departments um, and his the national posts, as well as treaties. And they vote in very interesting ways because they have voice votes as well as call votes and unanimous consent votes. And I feel like one of my favorite clips, I don't know if you've ever seen it, is the, I believe her name is Kristen Cinema from Arizona voting. And she's wearing like this jumper, which I think is iconic because she's like a senator, but she votes and everyone got so mad of the way that she voted with her thumb down because she like was like doing such an attitude and I just literally was like, what do you care? Like they're still voting. She's carrying out the democratic process of voting on this bill. And it just, it erupted in such a thing, I think, especially on TikTok. So I think that is so interesting. And that is similar to one of the ways that they vote. And I feel like a lot of people thought that the Senate was a joke after mm -hmm. that video, but I can promise you it is definitely not a joke. They have so much going on there. Oh, they have far too many duties. Um, yeah, so they take actions on bills, resolutions, amendments, motions, nominations, treaties, um, all of this by voting, which they have in so many various ways. Um, they have the roll calls, voice votes, uh, unanimous consent, um, thumbs up, thumbs down, yay, nay. Um, they have so, so many duties that they fulfill in their roles. So why is the Senate structured as it is? 
Well, it basically, like you were mentioning with the Great Compromise, it wanted to protect the rights of these individual states and give greater power to the national government, but give equal representation to each state. Because you have a state like California with such a huge population with those same two senators, or the same amount of senators, I should say, not the same senators, um, as like a smaller state with a less dense population like Montana or Wyoming. And I feel like it's structured that way, especially because most of the bills that pass through the Senate pass through the House of Representatives first. So you see those, your representatives voting in that way, but then you have the Senate, which is kind of like that final, final pass through before a bill becomes law. Yeah, and that can be an entire other episode, how bill becomes law. Um, but for now, uh, well, on the Senate, uh, what would you say is the setup of the Senate? Well, it is established in the um, first article, Article 1 of the United States Con um, Constitution, and it is composed of senators who represent a single state. And it, each state, like we said, has two senators who um, serve staggered terms of six years. And there are 100 senators because 50 times 2 is 100. And so the vice president of the United States, who is currently Vice President Kamala Harris, serves as the presiding officer officer, excuse me, and president of the Senate. And she will vote if the House, or not the House, the Senate, excuse me, is equally divided. So a 50-50 vote or uh, etc. And so if the vice president is unable to vote, the president pro tempore, who is a senior member of the party, who I believe right now is Patrick something. I cannot remember his name. I just remember he was in a Batman movie, and I think that's <laughs> super cool. Uh, uh, he is the current uh, president pro tempore, and he will vote and preside over the Senate in that case. Yeah, uh, currently the president pro tempore is, uh, you were right, Patrick Leahy from Vermont, yes. I think. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Vermont. Uh, yeah, he is for sure, a senior member. Um, he's been in the Senate for a very long time, um, and he's very old um, as well. Um, but yeah, uh, a lot of people um, kind of clearing up this misconception were like, well, how do Democrats have control over the Senate if it's 50-50? And as you uh, defined clearly, um, it is because Kamala Harris in a tie um, can break the tie, and as she's a Democrat, makes it 51-50 to Democrats. Uh, meaning that Democrats do have control of the Senate after the Georgia runoff um, Senate Democrat win in both seats. Um, if it was not 50-50, um, um, then um, this the party, the majority party that has um, most votes on that issue does receive a majority uh, win. Um, yes. So what is the difference between the House of Representatives and the Senate? Well, that is a great question. And like we mentioned, um, we have like approval of treaties. The Senate has to confirm all cabinet secretaries, which we just went through that long process earlier this year, as well as Supreme Court justices. We just saw that last um, fall with Amy Coney mm -hmm. Barrett, um, as well as federal judges, flag officers and regulatory officials, ambassadors. They're going through that process right now. And, and so basically, if they are not able to fall, I, how do I say this? If 
the House, the Senate has a ton of more power, honestly, than the House of Representatives. Like one of their things that they can do is if no candidate gets enough electors for vice president, the Senate can choose the person in that office, which is something totally unique to it, as well as we've got the, um, they run the impeachment trials. We just saw that earlier this year. And honestly, I just feel like the Senate has so many duties that like, I don't know how they do it. Yeah, it it, it really is a lot to fill. Um, That that probably is why, um, what's it called? Uh, I don't even know what I was going to, what I was about to say there. Um, (laughs) uh, That probably is um, one of them, probably the most, not the most, but definitely up there with president of the most duties to fulfill um, as constituents from, the entire state are relying on you solely. Um, only these two people um, to represent them on these big, big, big deals. Um, so, yeah. So what are the qualifications to become a senator? Well, honestly, I think they have so many duties that I think it's kind of crazy that there's not that many qualifications, honestly. Definitely not as like intense as like your usual job application. Mm-hmm. However, in Article 1, Section 3 of the Constitution, it states that they must be 30 years old, they have to be citizens of the United States for nine years, and they must um, like seek to represent at the time of their election. So we're seeing, even like right now, we're seeing tons of new candidates flood for the two, um, 2022 Senate elections, which are coming up in just uh, over a year-ish. And honestly, it It just is kind of crazy to see how many different people are running just based off of those three qualifications. Yeah, so um, pretty much anyone that meets these three qualifications, which really aren't um, tremendous asks, um, can technically run uh, to be a United States senator. But um, as if it was only that easy, uh, it requires millions and millions and millions of dollars of funding for a campaign in order to actually win. So sure, you may be able to run. Um, may be able to have values that you think appeal to the people, um, but in order to spread your name out there, in order to make it uh, to primaries and etc., uh, you do need to have tons and tons of money um, and benefactors uh, that will fund your campaign. Um, so, um, do you mind kind of going into the elections? Um, with how um, they work for senators. Totally. So the elections to the Senate are held on the first Tuesday after the first Monday in November, just like pretty much any other election day. Um, This can coincide along with governors, uh, as well as representatives, or even a presidential election, as we saw Mm -hmm. last year. Um, They are elected by their state as a whole. And so they are able to come up with their own way in which senators are elected. As well, we um, are seeing new ways of voting, like ranked choice voting, or maybe just, I believe what they call like a blanket primary, which we I know is in Alaska. And I feel that their elections, as we go forward into the future, we're gonna see some of these um, states come up with their own methods of electing these senators. 
that it's already happening, we are seeing more interesting ways. Like in California, Washington, Louisiana, they have that nonpartisan primary, not just a single party primary, where say wh um, whichever Republican gets the most votes, they represent their party. If a Republican and a Democrat, um, the top two people get the most votes, they will vote against each other to elect that senator. Or even if two Democrats get the most votes, they will one of them will eventually be the senator after the general election. Yeah, and even today, um, the day of recording this, Tuesday, June 22nd, um, which is the day of the New York City uh, uh, general primaries, I believe, that's what it is. Um, uh, yeah, it's primary election day um, where mayor, city council, uh, regular and special elections, um, public advocate um, and controller, um, they are all up for grabs and they are doing it from ranked choice voting. Um, so, you know, everyone does things differently and it's interesting to see how these play out. And, you know, we still remain with the electoral college um, above all of these things for the presidential election. Um, yes, very yes. interesting. So I'm going to skip down a little bit for time purposes um, to right here. So how do um, senators vote? Uh, so like we mentioned, there are so many different ways of voting, but most often they vote by a voice vote. So the presiding officer, whether it be the pro tempore or the vice president, will respond yay or nay. So A would be like um, in favor and nay would be against. So they will announce the result of the voice vote. And so sometimes they um, may challenge these results with a recorded vote. Um, but it must be seconded by one-fifth of the present senators. So there's also different ways uh, of this recorded vote with a clerk calling in alphabetical order, um, maybe by their state. And when they are not um, in the chamber, someone may still cast a vote um, as well, as long as the voting is open. So we've seen this, I believe, Unlike the House of Representatives, they cannot delegate a member to vote in their discretion, which I think is very interesting. Um, and so, like we said, if it is tied with the recorded or voice vote, the vice president or presiding officer will cast a tie-breaking vote. Yeah, um, and now moving on to the filibuster, a true hot-button topic right now with a lot of progressives calling to abolish it. Do you mind going into what the filibuster is? Yes. So when it first became a hot topic earlier this year, I literally did not understand it. So I'm right there with you, teams. Let's walk through this. So the filibuster is kind of a funny name. Honestly, I love it. But it is a ability to debate on a legislative item until the Senate votes to close it. And so it requires 60 votes instead of the 50. So it is basically a block of whatever you are voting on. So if the party really wants to um, go against this bill, one of my favorite examples of a filibuster, it happened in 2013 against Obamacare when Ted Cruz uh, did the green eggs and ham filibuster. I don't know if you've ever seen the clips. It's quite interesting. <laughs> and he talked for over 24 hours to 
go against Obamacare, like we said. So you can debate and he, you can pretty much talk about anything. Uh, there's really no rules. And so to end this debate and this open talking period, you have to have 60 votes. And I, I don't think in quite a while we've had any of the major two parties with 60 votes. So it's basically shutting down the vote. And that is why um, progressives and there have been calls from Democrats to completely just get rid of it because Republicans use are going to use it against a lot of President Biden's um, goals and achievements that he wants to work towards, um, like the infrastructure plan or the For the People Act, which I believe they're voting on today. Um, as well, you have the, um, in the past um, president's term, President Trump's term, you had the Democrats use the filibuster against the Republicans. So either way, I feel like you still have the back and forth between the two parties. And if you get rid of it now, is it really going to benefit the party that's calling for it when the tables are flipped? That's the question that I ask. Yeah, precisely. I mean, a lot of uh, Republicans aren't calling for it now because it's in favor of them as they don't have the majority right now. Uh, but it, is, it would be interesting to see um, how that would play out um, if it was turned on them and Republicans had the majority in the Senate. Um, because it does kind of eradicate the need for uh, a majority vote, as it does obviously need a majority, um, it needs six, uh, 60% of the vote um, over just 50 plus one. Um, so it isn't enough. So that does call for a close, and that means that it just can't pass. So something that I ask everyone when I bring up the filibuster in the podcast is what would you talk about, given the opportunity, as you can speak for however long you want um, in front of some of the most powerful people in the world? What would you discuss? Well, that is a very good question. Um, when you first said that you were going to ask that question, I really had to think hard about it. But I feel like something that it's really cheesy. It sounds like something straight out of, a, out of a Disney Channel movie, which is very on brand for me. But honestly, I would just tell the people, whoever they might be, we have senators that are in their 80s or senators that are in their 30s. I feel like just anyone and people watching on C-SPAN or whatever, uh, I would just honestly say to just like, work towards being your best self and work on being your most authentic self. I'm a huge person and a huge push or like a huge pusher of like, don't change yourself for anyone and be your best self. And I know it's cheesy, but honestly, I feel like that's what I would talk about. And just being happy. I don't know. I feel like everyone just needs to be happy after the crazier that we had. So while it's cheesy, I feel like that's the answer that I have to give. I love that. My answer is not nearly as um, deep or actually beneficial to anyone besides myself. Um, this is probably good for you, but because uh, you, you have your Disney Channel uh, podcast, I would probably recite um, the entire script to Starstruck, um, including the songs, because I think that everyone deserves the opportunity to hear that. Um, and it's incredibly important that everyone, including the most powerful people in the world, have the opportunity to hear Starstruck and all its amazingness. I love that. I just want to say how much I love that. Like, you can't see me right now, but my mouth is like <laughs> wide open when you were saying that because I just think that's so hilarious and I love it so much. Honestly, I think yours is better than I mine. I mean, yours definitely has a lot more value to it, but I would definitely get a kick out of um, listen, watching um, Mitch McConnell 
um, or Chuck Schumer um, vibe out to Starstruck. <laughs> yeah, like, I wonder, like, I'm just trying to think of, like, who would get the most kick out of it, and something is just telling me Elizabeth Warren oh, yeah. would just be bopping along to some of those I, bops. I was thinking that, or, like, Amy Klobuchar, I feel like. Oh, I love her. <laughs> she would 100%. I could see her just, like, um, bopping her head around up and down a little bit. A hundred percent. Or maybe even, like, Lisa Murkowski or something. Oh, my gosh. Her, too. She's iconic. They're all iconic. <laughs> they are all iconic. I saw recently that they all had, all the female senators had dinner together um, in a bipartisan effort, which I love the most ever. I love that, too. Those photos were great. Um, there were a couple people that did skip that, <laughs> so kind of sad. But, um, like I mentioned earlier, Kristen Cinema. Um, but honestly, I feel like also she would be turning up to Oh, 100%. Track. Definitely. I could see it already. And I'm envisioning it in my head. Just imagine, like, the Capitol, um, everyone sitting down in their seats with their placards, um, with their names on it, um, as I'm standing there reading on cards, as they're all... We need to make it happen. Like, how can oh, we make this happen? Maybe I should just run for Senate already, just for that. <laughs> yeah. You're probably... Qu- actually, you still have to be 30, you know, but, you know... How are exactly, they going to know? Exactly. They'll never know. I'll just, I don't know. How could I make myself look 30? I don't know. Try something out. <laughs> Grow a few inches, perhaps, since I'm only 4'11". Fun fact. Uh, definitely going to have to work on that. <laughs> so moving on after that fun section, um, what are the committees in the Senate? So they use several committees um, for several different branches. We have that review bills. Uh, so they will appoint um, committee um, members as a whole. So when you are elected, you will be put into said committee. So I always think it's so interesting because some of these assignments are kind of random, but actually they do actually a really good job. And so they will honor the preference of individual senators depending on their seniority in the Senate. So they will, they're, given allocated seats, so each party will get a certain member. However, whoever is in the majority will lead these committees and subcommittees. So um, currently Democrats are um, in charge of these said committees. Yeah, um, wasn't letting me unmute for a second. Um, So for my last section, uh, we have checks and balances. Do you mind going into how that applies to the Senate? Totally. So the checks and balances, I'm sure you've heard it several times in school as I have as well. So it is um, balancing and its ability to check and balance the powers of the federal government. So they will advise and consent to the president's appointments to the Senate, Supreme Court, etc., as well as consent to all these treaties with foreign governments. Um, and impeachments, as like I said, we just saw earlier this year. And as well, it elects the vice president in the event that no person gets a majority. So um, she or he will have that um, breaking vote as the president of the Senate. Yeah, checks and balances um, really do apply to the legislative branch heavily. I believe uh, that they are, I'd say the judicial branch is the most powerful, but then after that is probably the legislative branch. Um, I do find that the executive branch is the weakest um, in these checks and balances, even though they're meant to be the same. But just because of, I know we were talking about this earlier, how many duties the Senate really does have um, and provides are just absolutely insane. They really are 
um, the framework the framework for um, pretty much almost everything that we have um, in the United States. Um, so yeah, um, with that, unless you have anything to add, Matthew, um, I'm going to uh, wrap up this episode of What's New with Nikki. Thank you so, so much. Um, I just have one thing Please. really quick that I want to add because it's going to be so exciting because um, I see we have, like we mentioned, we have our midterms coming up. Yes. So um, it's just over a year. Everyone go vote. If you are able to, you can pre-register to vote in certain states. Um, I in Wisconsin cannot. However, we do have our midterm election that is coming up um, for the Senate specifically too. So I actually think it's pretty fitting. So everyone go vote. It'll be my first time voting and I'm so excited. I will still be a year too young. So I am thoroughly envious of you. Um, I recently did make a reel about it. Um, The states that you can pre-register to vote at the age of 16 are California, Colorado, Delaware, uh, D.C., not a state, but close enough. Uh, Florida, Hawaii, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, New York, North Carolina, um, Oregon, Rhode Island, Utah, and Washington. Um, if you are from any of those states that I have mentioned, um, please, please, please go out there and pre-register to vote. Hop on a campaign that you're interested on. Um, become politically involved. Educate others. Educate your friends, your family, um, and really make an impact on uh, what you can and what you can really does define everything. And I believe that in this episode, me outlining all the, uh, and Matthew outlining all the responsibilities of the Senate really does illustrate how much of an impact your single vote really, really can have. So with that, that wraps up this episode of What's New with Nikki. I hope you enjoyed listening. Um, please be sure to follow us on TikTok at What's New with Nikki. I make hilarious TikToks that you also see on our reels. At least I hope they're hilarious. I find them funny, but not everyone they are Thank pretty you. funny. I appreciate that. I love your TikToks as well. Uh, would you like to plug anything or promote anything? Um, well, obviously, like I said, you can listen to my podcast. That's so Matthew, wherever you get your podcast, Spotify, Apple, Google, etc. And you can follow me on Instagram at that. So Matthew to find all the good stuff. Um, and since you plugged your TikTok, you can follow me on TikTok at that. So Matthew, I try to post on there as much as I can. Oh, be sure to do all that. He makes fantastic content i thoroughly enjoy every single part of it so fully recommend um five stars all the way um be sure to leave a review on apple Podcasts for my podcast and matthews as well uh, we would greatly appreciate it and i hope you enjoyed listening <laughs>